Hello, and welcome back to the Beat the Book Podcast NFL Sunday Edition. Hefe and I are excited to bring you another week of winning tickets for Sunday football. But before we begin, Hefe has a special announcement for this week's episode. Hefe? Thanks, Alpha. For this week's episode, me and Alpha are so proud and excited to let all you guys know that we will have a special guest on our show. And that special guest is none other than Incarcerated Bob. IB will be on the show. He'll be giving us some of his best picks for the week. And on top of that, you guys are still going to get all of our top plays, our top two, and our collab teaser. So without further ado, let's get right into it and let's beat the book. All right. Let's jump into the first game that we have on the slate, which is going to be the Ravens versus the Eagles. The Ravens are coming in 4-1, while the Eagles are coming in 1-3-1. And And the Ravens, ever since that first loss against the Chiefs, have looked like the Ravens of old. Meanwhile, the Eagles, they've been a disappointment all season. I'll tell you what, Alpha. The Ravens played the Chiefs at the right time this year. Having it in Week 3, having that loss really sobered them up, and now they're playing impeccable football. And like you just said about the Eagles, yeah, they're struggling, and there are far and few good things to take from a loss, but they put in a valiant effort last week against the Steelers. They at least competed in the game. They absolutely did. And let's not forget the emergence of a real possible wide receiver who's actually healthy in Travis Fulham. He was outstanding last week. So with that all being said, the Eagles are coming coming in off a 38-29 loss against the Steelers, which we stated, but... They could have been better. In this game, I see the Ravens taking this one by the 7.5-point spread. So if we go back a few weeks, the Eagles did play the Bengals previously, and they tied in that game. The Ravens last week beat the Bengals 27-3. Their defense was to thank for that. Seven sacks, two fumbles, and an interception. They owned the Bengals. Joe Burrow really did look like a rookie for the first time last week. So in this game... I really see the Ravens being able to cruise. I see their defense playing a major factor, being able to create a couple turnovers. And the Ravens minus 7.5 is going to be my play on the game. Great play, Alpha. And honestly, I I see that happening. Uh, The Eagles put in a valiant effort last week, but I think going against the Ravens is just, they're way too overmatched. The Ravens are a much more complete team, much, much better on defense, and, and much more technically sound and honestly healthier than the Eagles are. My play for this game is a player prop. I'm taking Mark Andrews over three and a half receptions. It's real simple analysis here, folks. Mark Andrews is Lamar Jackson's number one target. He is his favorite target, and more importantly than anything, he is his safety blanket. He has recorded over three and a half catches in three out of the five games so far this season. I look for that trend to continue. I look for him to have a great game and exploit the Eagles secondary. Great play, Hefe. I'm a fan of that play. Love it, Alpha. Love it. Let's move right on to the next game here, Alpha. We have the Panthers and the Bears. The Bears are coming off an impressive victory versus Brady and the Bucks, where Nick Foles completed 71% of his throws, man. Nick Foles continues to impress. No matter where he goes, when he's the backup and is forced into the games, now the QB1, he's always been impressive. But let's see if he can continue. This is always the situation. He comes in, he wins the job, and then there's a steady decline. And he's facing this week the Panthers, who are won three games in a row, 
They're not getting any love. And they have a starting quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who is flat out underrated, Alpha. Teddy Bridgewater this season has completed over 70% of his passes in four out of the five games. They're not getting any love. You're right about that. And his connection with his wide receivers, Robbie Anderson in particular, is nothing short of thriving right now. With that being said, my pick is the Panthers' money line. I think they're hot. I think they're not getting enough love. And I think this line is truly indicative of the fact that the Bears beat a sexy team in the Bucks on national television and that the Panthers beat up on the Falcons last week. Panthers' money line, this is my pick for this game. F.A., I see the same, this game the same way you do. I mean, the Panthers have come in winning three straight games, and nobody's talking about them. People are talking about the Bears, like you said, because they had that sexy win over the Bucks. But I don't think that they're any better than what the Panthers are. So, like what you're going with, I'm going to be going with the Panthers' money line in this game. So, let's move on to the next game we have on the slate, which is the Bengals versus the Colts. So, we've actually had a little bit of a scare with this one, haven't we, Hefe? Yeah, as of right now, during the show's recording, which all transparency is Friday afternoon, the Colts just got the news back that their COVID positive tests are actually false positives. It's crazy that's what we're dealing with this year, but it's the reality of what we're living in. And luckily and thankfully, they were all false positives. Hopefully the game could go on, but you just never know right now. But let's get into the analysis. So the Bengals are coming in 1-3-1, and and last week they took a beating to the hands of the Ravens, 27-3. to Their first real beatdown of the season, and we finally saw Joe Burrow look like a rookie. And Joe Mixon being held to two and a half yards of carry didn't help at all. Absolutely. And the Colts are coming in at 3-2. and two. And they had a pretty disappointing performance last week as well against the Browns. Let me tell you something. That defense looked old, and Phillip Rivers looked older, throwing two picks, including a pick six. Yes, he did. In this game, I think the big, big story in this one will be the defense of the Colts versus the offense of the Bengals. Last week, Joe Burrow was sacked seven times and had a fumble loss in this game against the Ravens. And the Colts' defense is coming in ranked as the best defense in football this year. Yeah, uh, the Colts' defense, they are due for a bounce-back game, my friend. After last week's performance against the Browns, they're definitely going to be coached hard, and they're definitely definitely going to be ready for this game. In this one, like I said, I think the defense shines for the Colts. So I'm going to be taking the Colts minus eight. I like that play a lot, Alpha. I'm actually going to focus on the strong defense of the Colts and the kind of struggling offense of the Bengals here. Um, both teams are actually awful at converting on third downs. Both of them rank in the bottom five of the league. And at the same time, they rank 22nd and 30th, respectively, in yards per play given up on defense. You know what that smells to me like, Alpha? A low-scoring close game. I'm going with the under of 46.5 for this one. I see that hitting. I do think that the Colts are going to put up points, but I don't know how many points the Bengals are going to put up in this game. And that's exactly where I'm leaning towards with this pick. I think 46.5 is enough cushion and enough points for the Colts to win this game by a good margin. I think we both might hit. Let's go for it. Let's move right into the next game. We have the Browns and Steelers, and this is one of the coveted matchups of the week. The Steelers are coming off a shaky victory, but nonetheless, a victory versus the Eagles. They needed an all-time performance out of rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool, and boy, did they get that. Man, who would have seen that coming? Chase Claypool put up a stat line of seven catches, 110 yards, 
and three touchdowns. Don't forget about the one rushing touchdown. That's right. That he did. On the opposite side, though, the Browns continue to win games that they 100% would have lost last year. They're getting OBJ involved. Kareem Hunt is making people forget that Chubb is out injured. And Baker is getting time in the pocket, even though he did throw two picks last week. That's all true. And how good does this Browns team look under new coach Kevin Stefanski? It goes to show you that sometimes coaching is the difference. With that being said, guys, this line is vindicative of Vegas saying that the Browns and Steelers are on the same playing field. Minus three and a half and the Steelers being at home is basically telling us that they're, they're even. That's just not the truth. The Steelers are a better team. The Steelers are a better defense. And the Steelers are a much more consistent offense. Steelers minus three and a half is my play. And honestly speaking, Alpha, it's kind of a steal of a play. Well, Hefe, unfortunately, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Just like last week when we had our disagreement, we're going to have to have another one this week. I'm on the Browns in this one, especially with Deontay Johnson being out for Pittsburgh. And the way the Browns handled the Colts last week, that offense is clicking on all cylinders. I think the Browns are going to take this game. I don't know if they'll win the game outright, but I think they cover the four-point spread. So I am going to be going Browns plus four. Let the best man win on this one, brother. And last week, the best man did win. And next, we're going to get right into the Broncos-Patriots game. I'm not going to waste anybody's time going over the last time the Patriots played, which is about a month ago at this point. In reality, it was two weeks, I know. But Cam wasn't playing. He was out with COVID. And with Cam being back this week and expected to be the starter, I think he gets right back on his comeback campaign, Alpha. I do as well. Cam looked great before he went down with COVID. Yep, and the Patriots did too, clicking on all cylinders. The Broncos are actually also getting back to their starting quarterback, with Drew Locke supposedly coming back. There are some questions about whether Melvin Gordon will or will not play after he got a DUI earlier this week, but they have Philip Lindsay coming off the injured list, which is huge for them. It's absolutely massive getting Lindsay back. He provides so many different values to that offense, and it looks like he will play in this game. I've actually identified a, a certain play in this game, a, a total. I, I thought the number was a little off. Patriots first half, team total 13 and a half. All I'm asking is for the Patriots to record two touchdowns in the first two quarters. Personally, I think this is a great play with a lot of upside. The number is a little low for me. I see that hitting as well. In this game, I have a little bit different take on it. I'm going to be going with the Patriots minus nine. I know the line is really high, but... The Broncos have been absolutely horrible this year. They're just not a good team. They were hit with the injury bug early, and they really haven't been able to get over that. Really, other than their victory versus the Jets, which, I mean, come on. At this point, they hand out victories to other teams. They really have not looked good at all, Alpha. Not at all. So with them getting, with the Patriots getting Cam back, I really see them cruising in this game. Patriots minus nine, like I said, it's a high total. I might be targeting it for a teaser. Stay tuned for that. But... For a straight play in this game, I'm going to be going with the Patriots minus nine. All right, let's jump into the next game we have on the slate, which is going to be the highly anticipated matchup between the Lions and the Jaguars. So the Lions last week, they lost to the Texans 30-14, to and the Jaguars are coming in on a four-game losing streak, which the defense has allowed 30 points in each loss, FA. I'm going to tell you right now, the Jags are coming off a bad loss. They look absolutely lost at times. They didn't even belong on the field. They allowed Watson and the Texans' offense to score 
186 total yards. Deshaun had three touchdowns on his own. They weren't able to stop the run or the pass. Alpha, they even made David Johnson look great. Which is absurd. He has not looked good since week one. But in this game, both defenses rank in the bottom five of the league. So in this game, I'm going to be targeting the over, the over 54. Like I stated earlier, the Jaguars have lost four straight, and in each one of those losses, they've given up over at least 30 points or more. I don't see that stopping here. I see both teams putting up a ton of points. Neither team is good on defense, and that over should cash for us. I like the play. I do like the play. I, I do see the over happening. My play is real simple here. I'm taking the lines and the points. Right now, I see it as minus three. The Lions are rested. They're coming off a bye. And in their last eight years off a bye, they are 7-1 against the spread. I think the Lions are a more complete team than the Jaguars. And ultimately, I just see them pulling it off. Lions minus three. Real simple. Let's move right on to the next game. The very coveted Titans versus Texans. Just like we just said, the Texans finally got their first one of the year. And we saw Deshaun Watson look like Deshaun Watson. And the defense looked pretty stout. But... They are running into a Titans team that just looked better and blasted the Bills on both sides of the ball on the way to a 42-16 thrashing. I got to admit, I didn't see that one happening this week with the Bills. I thought the Bills would be able to beat the Titans. I totally agree with you. I, I was on the Bills side, but the Titans proved me wrong. And, and you know what, Alpha? I'm a believer. I think what we saw from the Texans was the usual first game under a new coach surge. And I think we'll see a little bit of a return to normalcy in terms of their total game plan. I think the Titans are better coached. I think the Titans have better offensive chemistry. And more importantly, I think the Titans have a better defense. Titans, minus three. Give me the points. They're going to they're gonna get this victory. I see it the same way you do. I have the Titans minus three as well. The Titans are just a better team than the Texans. If, if you look at it from an, a general standpoint, the Titans are better on both sides of the ball. I really don't understand how the line is only at three. I know it's a short week. They just played on Tuesday. But the Titans are going to be able to run all over the Texans in this game. I'm going to be with you, Hefe. I'm going to be going with the Titans minus three. So we're going to move on to the next game on the slate, which is going to be the Falcons versus the Vikings. So the Falcons are coming in 0-5, and they've looked awful in every game. The Vikings are coming in 1-4. The Falcons lost last week against Carolina 23-16, while the Vikings played a thrilling game but got edged out on a last-second touchdown by the Seahawks. Which, by the way, how great was that Vikings-Seahawks game last week? Vikings-Seahawks game. This is to show you how great it was. It was the same night as NBA Finals Game 6. 4 million people watched the NBA Finals. 11 million people watched Seahawks-Vikings. And as that game went on, you couldn't help but get totally dialed in and fully interested in that game. Because it was just back and forth, especially in the second half. But for the Vikings, they did have some bad news in that game. They lost Dalvin Cook, who's not going to be playing this week. But Alexander Mattinson stepped up, rushed for 112 yards on the ground. Absolutely. It, guys, in the NFL, we see it over and over and over again. It absolutely pays that your second running back is a good, solid football player who gets a couple carries a game so that if something goes bad with your starter, he's right there and ready. Absolutely. In this one, I think the Vikings have looked good in the last couple weeks, too. The Vikings have played great since their terrible start to the season. I'm taking the Vikings minus four. I think they're the better team. I think they come out quickly. I think Madison gets the ball pretty well moved on the ground. And I think that Kirk Cousins keeps finding Thielen. I'm going with the Vikings minus four. What do you see, Hefe? 
I ultimately agree with you. I'm a little bit weary of picking the Vikings or picking the Falcons. I don't want to pick the Falcons because they're the Falcons. And I don't want to pick the Vikings because of the usual first game under a new head coach surge. As we know, the Falcons fired Dan Quinn and GM Thomas Dimitrov last week. The issues that they have are on both sides. Offensive play calling and a defense that is giving up the second most yards in the league. Let me tell you a little secret. The Vikings defense ain't that much better. And both of these defenses being not great leads me to believe that we're going to have a high-scoring offensive game. With 54 points being the over, that's my play. Over 54. I think Kirk Cousins finds Thielen, finds Justin Jefferson. I think Matt Ryan connects with Julio, who's going to be playing, and with Calvin Ridley, who was scorching the earth the first two weeks of the season. Over 54 is my play for this game. Now, before we move on to the next segment, we couldn't be more excited to be welcoming our first special guest. That's right, guys. In our next segment, none other than incarcerated Bob, IB, will be joining us. Stay tuned. Don't change that dial. All right. Well, next on the slate, we have the Giants versus the Washington football team game. But before we get into that matchup, we are very happy and thankful that we have incarcerated Bob with us. So, Bob, how are you today? I'm doing good. Everything is all rainy day, rainy day, though, in the... Where I'm at, New York, but likewise, likewise, Bob. Thanks again for joining us. We couldn't be more excited to have you on here and go through a couple games with you, man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get some money. All right, let's do it. So in this game, we have the Giants coming in 0-5 versus the Washington football team coming in 1-4. The Giants are coming in off their best performance of the season with a loss 37-34 against the Cowboys, while the Washington football team is coming in with a loss 30 to 10 against the Rams. So in this game, there's a lot of different variables in this one. The Giants, they at least look like they have an identity. And the Washington football team really doesn't have an identity quite yet. Hefe, what do you think about this matchup? I think last week, Washington football team's loss is overshadowed by the fact that there was, you know, this great story about Alex Smith coming back. But guys and Bob, I think you'll agree with me. Alex Smith played really bad. And I know he hasn't played for two years, but he struggled to play well. And I think he only put up three points uh, since he came in. The Giants, they just keep getting closer and closer and closer to that W. And they just can't quite finish the job. Freeman played well. Slayton played well. And Daniel Jones didn't throw a pick for the first time all year in a game this season. What are you looking at, Bob? Yeah, right now with the uh, Giants, their problem is, like you said, they're not finishing games like they should be. Um, last week, you know, they had uh, they had a little – they had some issues with the uh, Dallas offense, obviously. But um, right now I think you, you have to take the Giants in this spot because of the fact Washington – doesn't they don't they don't look like they're all together on um on uh, offense you have Allen coming in he was a little rusty but Alex Smith was actually a, he, he didn't look like he was ready to play obviously it's a great story with him coming back but um I'm thinking the Giants are right there they're right there they got to get this win this week I think yeah. their coach with with the rookie coach I think he wants to get that win so he's going to motivate them 
And uh, I like the Giants. I like the Giants in the spot. That's probably going to be my uh, one of my top plays of the week. I'm going to probably take them on the money line, though. I think you're getting good value. Right now, I see it. Let me look up the line. Right now, I see a line. You can get them at minus 141 if you bet uh, some offshore books right now. At uh, five dimes, you have it minus 142. Bookmaker, you have it at minus 150. So if you can find that, you can find the line between 140 and 150. I think it's good value. I think the Giants will get it done. I think the fourth quarter, Daniel Jones will finally look like the play he was last year. I think he was actually doing some good things in in Dallas. So, Absolutely. Jones finally looks like he's getting it together this year, and hopefully he can regain his form from last year. F.A. and I are both actually Giants fans. We're from the New York area. And it's been such a disappointing season. But if they were to get a win all season, I definitely think this is the spot that they're going to get it. Washington is just not a hungry team. And they just don't look like they have an identity. Like I said, I'm with you 100%. And the Giants money line has a ton of value in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys too. I I think Giants money line is the way. I think they got to get one for the new coach, for Joe Judge. He's been... They've been taking good progressive steps. They're so close to a win. And and I do think this is the week that they finally get it. They're going to take advantage of a Washington team that, like you said, Bob, they're just not clicking on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I think we're all in agreement. Giants' money line is 100% the play for this week. With that, let's move right into the team that they share the stadium with. The New York football Jets, who are facing the Miami Dolphins this week. Guys, this is really simple. The Jets are a dumpster fire, and they're clearly in full-on tank mode. With Darnold looking like he's not going to start again, I don't expect much from Flacco and company on Sunday. The Dolphins, they looked great last Sunday, manhandling the Niners 43-17. to Fitzpatrick looked great, and the team is honestly rallying around him. Even with the number being as high as it is, I do think the Dolphins can cover but I'm going to lean towards actually a player prop on this one for my play. Uh, I'm liking Fitzpatrick over one and a half touchdowns um, as my play for this one. I think he could easily take advantage of that Jets secondary and the Jets defense in Hull. How about you guys? I also kind of see it the same way. I have a different approach on this game, though. The Jets are destined for either the first or second pick in next year's draft. They just, they're not competing at all. Adam Gates has done a horrible job with the team. Now that Levy and Bell has gone to the Chiefs, they really don't have any weapons on that team. I don't see anyone on this team that's going to be able to take the roof off the defense. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I have the under 44 as my target in this game. I think the Dolphins will put up some points. They've kind of outplayed themselves so far this year. But I, I don't really see the Jets putting up too many points in this game. Bob, I know you're a big Jets guy yourself, and this is probably a sore subject for you. But uh, how do you see this uh, it's, uh, it's the mess. The New York mess. But... Basically, uh, I'm not even touching this game for gambling purposes. But, I mean, the Jets, obviously, you know, they let uh, Le'Veon Bell go this week. Um, Gase is – he's horrible. He shouldn't even be a head coach. In, <laughs> I mean, you know, he, I don't, you know, so they're just going through the motions right now. A lot of players are out. Uh, some of their – Actually, decent players like Becton, who they drafted number one, uh, you know, in their in the first round this year, he's out again. Uh, Sam is out, which probably is a good thing for him since he doesn't get he doesn't have no weapons, he doesn't get no protection. 
So Flacco's going to have to take the uh, the bullets this week. Um, Hogan, they put him on the IR. So they're probably down to like their, their number eight receiver right now. So, like, you know, like you said, man, Miami, if Miami doesn't cover, that'll probably be a bad look for them. Like, they dominated San Francisco in San Francisco last week. So why shouldn't they you know why shouldn't they not dominate the right. Jets? The Jets are awful. Right. This is probably the worst team. I mean, I've been a Jets fan all my life. Um, you know, from the '80s, basically, Rich Kotai in the '90s was horrible. Um, Last time they started zero and five. Yeah, they're they're probably worse. I mean, probably worse than Rich Kotai teams. Their coach is worse yeah. than Rich Kotai. So it's. It's a complete disaster over there, and I don't even. I, I probably not. I'm, I mean, since it's a four o'clock game, I think there's only two four o'clock games this week, which is which is yep. horrible by the NFL to do that. But I'm probably gonna watch them for like twenty minutes and then put them on my secondary TV with the sound down and then turn the Green Bay game on. <laughs> That's a. <laughs> and you know what? That's a perfect segue into the next game that we want to talk about. The Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. An absolute Hall of Fame matchup between two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Bob, how do you see this one playing out? And what's your favorite uh, play right of the game? Right now, I'm liking a shootout between Aaron Rodgers, who, in my view, just has – he just is so motivated to shove it up his own team's ass for drafting – you know, a quarterback in the draft. So he's a he's he's he looks like old school Aaron Rodgers from five. And we seem to have a little bit of technical difficulty, but we got Bob back on the line. Bob, you were just telling us how Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers of old, and I couldn't agree more with you, man. He is torching the league, and he is trying to prove that the drafting of Jordan Love was just not a good move. Yeah, not at all. He's <laughs> he's very pissed, and um. I think more of that plays out in the off season, but right now he's just he's in old school Aaron Rodgers mode, savage. He's not he's not like taking no prisoners right now. He's just in a he's in a zone. Um, right. Like I said, I don't know if I got cut off before, but Russell Wilson to me is the MVP. But he's right. He's right there. Like he's. I mean, if Russ has one bad week. You know, Rodgers will pass him. But um, this game, I like the over. I have 54-and-a-half at Bookmaker. Uh, if you could get that, snap that up right now. I think we have a shootout. I think, uh, you know, Mike Evans is getting healthy. So him on offense, going against some Green Bay smaller DBs, I think you could look for an advantage there. Um not sure if Godwin's playing, but if he is, that just helps Brady. Um, they need to get Gronk in the action more. Not sure why he's just looks like he's running routes to nowhere right now. But if they could get if they could get him in the action, get him in the middle of the field, that'll open up the outside receivers for Brady. So um, I don't know. I I feel like you're gonna see a thirty. 28 game, something yeah. like that, maybe 34, 35, 31, you know, something it, it's gonna be it's gonna be high scoring. Plus it's at 425. 
No other games on. Obviously, the Jets, Miami's on. Nobody's watching that shit. So <laughs> you you got Green Bay, Tampa, all eyes on them. That's what the NFL wants. They they yep. their ratings are dropping. So I think that's why they did what they did this week, and they put the Jets at four o five. So around six six thirty, you're gonna see all eyes on them. The other game will probably be just ending, and think you'll have the show. Absolutely, it'll be primetime Aaron Rodgers versus primetime Tom Brady. I see this game the same way you do. Rodgers this season is a perfect 13 touchdowns with zero interceptions. And I see both these teams, just like you do, putting up a ton of points. So I'm also going to be with you taking the over in this game. Yeah, guys, um, I love exactly where you guys' analysis is coming from. At the end of the day, this is two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a historic showdown. Aaron Rodgers is truly this year the epitome of it doesn't matter Who's on the field? I'm going to make him look like a pro bowler. And let's not forget, Aaron Jones is leading a running attack, guys. That's averaging 150 rushing yards per game. I love where you guys said that. I'm more confident in the Packers' money line. I think at the end of the day, more complete team, good defense, but much better offensive chemistry on the Packers' side. So I'm taking the Packers' money line in this one, but I, I love the over, too. I think it will be a shootout. That being said, we're going to move right into the Monday night showcase where we have the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals, they basically had a bye week last week. Sorry, Bob. Um, they beat the Jets by 20, and it wasn't even that close. Yeah, definitely the, that close. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cowboys are coming off an emotional victory, man, an absolutely emotional victory. Uh, nobody even cares, though. They, they lost Dak for the year, and man, oh, man, does it – pay off to have the best backup that money can buy in Andy Dalton. Absolutely. Personally, I think Dalton really fits the Cowboys offense pretty well. And I honestly think that there's a minor step back, but not as much as if you had like a Colt McCoy as your backup. I definitely agree with that. (laughs) With that being said, um, uh, the Cardinals defense, you know, Chandler Jones out for the year, they've been giving up points to everybody else but the Jets I loved Andy Dalton's over one and a half touchdown line this week and and that's going to be my play for this game I I think Dalton's going to take advantage of for the first time in his life having an offense that can actually be above average Mari Cooper CeeDee Lamb Zeke a lot of options and let's not forget a really strong offensive line Dalton over one and a half touchdowns is my pick for this one that's what I was going to say with that as well Dalton, for the first time, is playing where he's going to have a lot of time in the pocket, and he has a lot of weapons. I also think that's a great play. My play on this game is actually going to be a player prop on the other side. I'm going to be looking at DeAndre Hopkins over 82.5 receiving yards. He's just been blowing up all season, and the Cowboys defense has been atrocious, especially against the pass. I can see him having a field day and getting well over 100 yards in this game. Bob, what do you see in front of this game? Well, right now, I think uh, Andy Dalton actually – is a very good, very good quarterback who should be starting on probably, I, I would say probably like five or six other teams in the league he could start on right now. But, I completely um, agree. This this is a hard play. I, I was gonna take a total, but I'm not sure if Dallas is gonna try and ground and pound again to keep Andy Dalton from just slinging it all over the place. You know they still got Zeke, still got a decent offensive line. 
And you know, once you start grounding and pounding, the clock runs down. So you have less possessions for maybe Arizona to hit that over for you. So I'm staying away from that. And I'm looking at a player prop, C.D. Lamb. I think he's going to have – I think he has some kind of some kind of uh, connection with Dalton. I think they were, they were actually – because since Dalton was the backup, he wasn't with the first team practicing. He was – in the beginning of practice, when they came back, he was uh, – he was throwing. He was throwing with Dalton a lot. Like he was. He was catching and stuff. So they have. You know, they have some chemistry. So I, I like CD Lamb's over receiving yards. The only problem is Bookmaker doesn't have it up yet. So I don't know if you guys have a have a line on CD Lamb yet. But whatever it is, I'm taking the over. I, I I understand why. I get what you're saying. Dalton was taking those reps in practice with CD Lamb. They have built-in chemistry, and I'm sure the line will show more of an of a lower receiving yards because it's a new quarterback but they're not taking into consideration that they have a lot of chemistry already um i don't see a line for um for cd lamb as of right now but will t- uh, whenever it comes out and whatever it is you heard it guys i'd be saying take that over yeah i'm taking the over definitely whatever it is um i'll be okay with it so i'm going to put a little bit on that uh, the over and under, maybe tease that down. Like if you're in a teaser, if you have an open tease, anybody, and you yep. need a last leg, you leave it open for Monday night, and then you take the over. I actually really like that. I, I was thinking that myself. Um, the Cardinals, they know how to put up points. And the Cowboys, I, I think you're going to get a, a favorable line from Vegas on that because of the uncertainty of how Dalton will perform for the entire game. I'm looking at the over-under at 55, so if you put that in a six-point teaser, you can get that to 49, which I think is an absolute go. I totally agree with you. If any of you guys are looking for that last leg of a three-team teaser, whatever it may be, the over in the Cardinals-Cowboys game is 100% a great pick. Great call, Bob. Great call. Absolutely agree, especially with these defenses and these high-powered offenses. We'll see a lot of points in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Bob. All right. So before we let you go, man, any thoughts on the uh, Monday night first leg of the doubleheader with the Chiefs and the Bills? Uh, I think the line's kind of low for the for the Chiefs. I think they're uh, going to be a little bit uh, pissed off after their loss to the Raiders. They did make a uh, you know the acquisition of um, Le'Veon Bell. Probably will pump them up a little bit. Uh, the Bills, to me, are having a lot of trouble on defense. That uh, that total is crazy. I've never seen a Bills game this high since forever. 57, right. 57 and a half. This is like the old Jim Kelly days right. being yeah. this high. Um, I would uh, – I'm not going to probably play unless I have a teaser open. But um, if I had to lean somewhere, it would probably be Kansas City first half. Maybe Kansas City first half minus, what is it, minus three right now? Yes, yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I think both these teams are coming off a loss, and sadly, I think that means trouble for the Bills. Um, Mahomes and company, they ain't going to lose two in a row. They're, they're not going down like that. The Bills defense ranks 30th in opponent third down percentage and 31st in getting to the quarterback in terms of QB pressure. 
to me, this looks like a nice bounce back spot on Monday Night Football for the Chiefs. I see it the same way. I'm going to be taking the full game in this with Chiefs minus four. I just think that they need a statement game. They have Le'Veon Bell coming in. They're all energetic, and they're going to need a statement game, like I said. So I see the Chiefs minus four in this game. I'm right there with you, man. Chiefs minus four for me, too. That being said, IB, man, we can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us on the Beat the Book podcast. Uh, We hope to make this a regular spot for you. Thank you so much for your insights, your words of wisdom, and most of all, your plays, man. Thank you. Yeah, you guys do a great job on the the games, too. Appreciate you for having me on, and uh, let's get money, everybody. Let's get it, Bob. Thank you again so much. We'll be in touch soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye now. And we're back. Um, Alpha, I think I speak for both of us when I say thank you to IB for coming on. That segment was great. Great analysis, too. And great information. Thank you very much, IB. And we hope all our listeners really enjoyed that content from both of us and with IB. Yeah, man. The guy knows what he's talking about, folks. He definitely does. Let's move into the last game um, that we have to, to look at, which is the Rams versus the Niners. Alpha, the Niners are not the Niners of last year. And injuries are mainly to blame and the lackluster play of Jimmy G. I feel like this is a conversation we have weekly now. <laughs> You're 100% right. Now, I do want to come to Jimmy G's defense. Um, he's probably not 100% and being forced to play before he absolutely is ready. Yes and no. It's the NFL. Nobody's 100%. You can't perform like he did. Well, with that being said, and unluckily for the Niners, they're running into the Rams who are looking like the Rams of old. Great defense, great running attack, and Goff is not making mistakes in clutch moments. He really hasn't been. He's been winning them the games instead of losing the games. And that's all you could ask out of a quarterback. And this line, Alpha, it looks off to me. The Niners are 0-3 at home, so there's really no home field advantage at play here. Being that the line is Rams minus 3, that means that they are looking at these teams as equal, which is just crazy to me. Give me the Rams. Give me the three points. The Rams are going to blow the Niners out of the building. I have that down as well. I have the Rams minus three. I also don't really understand this line. The Rams have been a good team this year, and the 49ers have not. The 49ers are still banged up. They've got some pieces back, but they're just not the same team that we saw go to the Super Bowl last year. 100% alpha. So with that being said, we're going to wrap up this week's full game analysis with both of us going on the Rams minus three, which leads us to our next segment which is going to be my top two plays, Hefe's top two plays, and Incarcerated Bob's top plays. So let's get right into it, guys. So for Alpha's top two plays, I'm going to have the Titans minus three and the Rams minus three. For reasons we stated earlier, I think both of those teams have a great week this week, come out strong, and really win the game. So I'm going to be taking both of those. We're going to go over Incarcerated Bob's plays again. Ivy was on the Giants' money line. He was also on the Packers' bucks over 55 and he's targeting a C.D. Lamb over yardage props. As soon as we get the information on what that line actually is, we will be posting that. But those are going to be my plays and I.B.'s plays. F.A., I got to hear your plays. Love all those plays. And and like Alpha just said, uh, I.B. pretty much said, no matter what that C.D. Lamb over reception yards line is, take it. Take it 100%. He thinks it's an absolute lock for the reasons he stated earlier. My top two plays for this week, are the Packers' money line, which I just think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are more complete, better, and have more chemistry than the Buccaneers at this point. And my second play is the Chiefs' minus four, which is because 
they're not going to lose two games in a row, everybody. And I know that the Bills are good and they have a good defense, but they're not going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and company. Packers money line, Chiefs minus four. Those are my top two. Let's move right into our collab teaser, which is a collaboration between myself, Hefe Picks, Alpha, and IB. For this six-point teaser, we're going to choose the Colts minus two and the Cardinals-Cowboys over 49. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. We really hope you enjoyed our special guest, Incarcerated Bob, and hope you enjoyed the analysis. And as always, guys, let's cash on Football Sunday. Gamble responsibly, best of luck, and let's beat the book.